0: Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series on Wisdom, a study through Proverbs. So why your why matters. I read a letter written by a father to a young man who wanted to apologize to this young man for not allowing him to marry his daughter. This is the way he wrote it. He said, Dear Matt, I've been unable to sleep since I broke off your engagement to my daughter. Can you please forgive and forget? I overreacted about your purple mohawk, unique tattoos, and your pierced nose. I realize motorcycles aren't that dangerous, and I should have never reacted to the fact that you've never held a real job. I'm also sure that some other nice people live under the bridge in the park. I know my daughter's only 18, and she wants to marry you instead of attend Harvard on a full scholarship. Well, you can't learn everything about life from books. I know how I can be at times. I was wrong. I was a fool. I've come to my senses, and now you have permission to marry my daughter. Signed, your future father-in-law. P.S. congrats on winning the lottery. (laughs) So I read this letter weeks ago and I thought, yeah, yeah, that's a nice why right there. Right, Nick? Uh, Yeah, I I was really calloused and cold until you hit the lucky six pick or whatever the thing is. I've never played the lottery in my life. I don't even know what it is. But our why is interesting. And uh, when you start to think about motives, motives are the why for the actions you take every day and for the words that you speak. And here's here's an interesting thought. No one truly knows your motive and your why. Hopefully you do. You know your why. You know why you do certain things. Now, you may fragment your disclosure and not tell other people, but you better know why you do what you do. You better know why you believe what you believe. So I started thinking through this. What are some healthy motives? What are some unhealthy motives? Healthy motives would be it glorifies God. It adds value to other people. It promotes and preserves the unity of the spirit. That would be a healthy motive. An unhealthy motive would be this. It's self-centered. It uh, degrades others. It is divisive. So when you start to look at your own why and certain things that we go through in life allow us to be exposed, we'll get to some of that thought process. But a healthy motive is going to glorify God. It's going to be adding value to other people, and it's going to preserve and promote the unity of the Spirit. Now, one of the things that separates biblical Christianity from all the other religions of the world is the focus and attention that the Scripture gives us on our why and on our heart. The Bible even says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Man looks at behavior. God says, I'm looking at your why. And so as you start to unpackage this, you've got to understand that God cares what you do. But the scripture is so replete with statements where God says, I care more about why you do it. And so as we, as we walk in here today, our hearts are exposed to God. You hear the cliche that what happens in Vegas is seen by God. <laughs> what you do when you're hiding is seen by God. When you lie about your whereabouts, it's seen by God. That's the reason David would eventually get to the place where he says, Oh, Lord, against you and you only have I sinned. Because he understood that God really knew his heart. And we have to pay attention to that. Proverbs chapter 21, verses 2 and 3. I would... highlight and circle some of these phrases here. Listen to what he says. People may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines the heart. People may do what they do and think, I'm right, but the Lord examines the why. I would circle that. The Lord examines their heart. The Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just right why, than even when we make sacrifices. Oh, I sung this song and I wrote this check. God is more pleased when our why is honoring him than any sacrifice will ever make. Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the motive. He is concerned with the intent of our heart. Proverbs 22, 1. Memorize this verse. A good name. That means you're living with the right why. A good name is to be chosen rather than riches. Favor, which means other people trust you, why? Is better than silver and gold. A, a good name. You're credible, not just incredible. And it's so bad in our church culture today that we want to elevate what we think to be incredible, but we miss out on that which is credible because we've become such a, an entertainment culture, if you will. And God goes, I care about credibility and heart. I want your why to be right. So the Lord examines and sees the motive of my heart. And my heart must be before the Lord daily to honor you, to worship you, and to bring glory to you in such a way that you're pleased. You you can use so many different thought processes here as examples. But it's like, why do I give? Why do I serve? Why do I share my faith? And it might be a healthy question to write down on why do I, and whatever the blank is, why do I do that? Do I do it out of duty? Do I do it out of pressure? Do I do it out of guilt? Do I do it to try to impress other people? Why why do I do what I do? Because we can do a lot of what's with jacked up, self-centered, sinful motives. God is exploring our hearts. I want your heart in line with me. I want you to worship me in spirit and in truth. So Again, our why, to honor and glorify God, to obey the Lord, to please the Lord, right motive, honor God, to demonstrate my love for God, to serve other people, wrong motive, to please people, to try to use and manipulate God, to promote self. Because when you study it, and we know this even in the relationships that we're involved in now, listen to me, our why gives our what impact. When your why is wrong, no matter what you do, it's going to have shallow impact. Now, Todd Davis is a best-selling author. Listen to what he said. I want you to ponder this. He said, it takes a lot of courage, humility, and self-awareness to look at ourselves closely with honesty. If you don't see the value of examining your motives and developing character your motives may end up serving your ego instead of serving others when this happens when this happens you actually perpetuate the feelings of fear insecurity and unmet needs When your why is misaligned and we don't spend time before the Lord, David said in Psalm 139, Lord, search me and know me and try me and see if there be any anxious thoughts in me. Lord, turn on your searchlight. I want to be exposed. I want my heart to be right. When we refuse to do that, if we're not careful, we'll end up promoting ourselves instead of serving others. So it takes courage to get along with the Lord, And examine your motive. It takes years, years to develop godly character. And flawed motives can produce such a corrupt narrative that we live. Now, I wrote down some questions. And I'm going to take my time reading through these. But this is for the purpose of introspection to consider you before the Lord. Do not pick up a window and look out the window and say, how does this fit Nick or Dustin or Steve? Pick up the mirror and go before the Lord. Here's a question. If no one knows what I'm doing, would I still do it? Whether it's praying whether it's reading, whether it's studying, whether it's meditating, whether it's serving, whether it's giving, whether it's sharing my faith, whether it's forgiving someone. If no one knew it, would I I really do it? How do you answer that one? God sees the heart. Here's another one. If there was no payoff for me doing this, would I still do it? Meaning, what am I getting out of it? What type of reward? or affirmation, or validation am I getting in this right now? If there was no payoff, we're proud of you, would I still do it? Third question would be this. Would I take an inferior role if God asked me to? Think about it. So many people are attached and consumed with their title. Would you still do it? Am I doing this for the praise of others or for even how it makes me feel? Galatians 1.10. Again, am I seeking the approval of man or am I seeking the approval of God? If I was seeking man's approval, I could not be a servant of Christ. Stop. What is my why? Am I doing it because of the praise of others? Or, well, man, I'm doing it just because it makes me feel good. Then it's still selfish. The motive can be flawed. Here's another one. If I must suffer for doing what God has called me to do while I continue. Again, if you're motivated by praise, you'll be deflated by criticism, and we get exposed in the process. Hey, hey, you're being being attacked. You're being beat down. People are coming against you. Are you still going to do what you are fully convinced God has called you to, or do you throw the towel in and say, I'm running? Here's another one. If others misunderstand me or criticize me, will I quit? When he quit? And we see this in athletics, but we also see it in church, and we see it in relationships all the time. Oh, you got mad, so you're just quitting. Why? If those that I'm serving never show gratitude, will I still do it? Do I... Judge my success or failure based on my faithfulness to what God has called me to do? or do I judge it based on how I compare to other people? See, comparison is the death of contentment. And, and please listen to me or why? is crucial. All the other religions will look at behavior, will look at actions, they will measure things in a different way. But when it comes to biblical Christianity, when it comes to the God of the Bible that saved us through the shed blood of Jesus, he goes, your heart matters. I want your heart. And so as we talked with my friend Crawford, my mentor, 22 years ago, and we had Rachel and we had Benji at the time. It's like, Crawford, you and Karen, what was a strategy that you guys had in parenting? And he said, Timmy, we always focused on character, not on conduct. We focused on their belief and not just their behavior. Because we knew if their heart was right and their character was strong, the behavior and actions would follow. But so many people measure their Christian life with a bunch of legalistic do's and don'ts, you can't. God has redeemed us. Nick, he wants our heart 24-7. He wants my heart to be in love with him. He wants my heart to love others. So last week, I got to pondering just more of this thought process. And here's something I wrote. So much emphasis over the last 50-plus years has been placed on what we call leadership. There's conferences, there's seminars, there's even college degrees now that you can get in regards to leadership. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Webster's 1828 Dictionary does not even include the word leadership. Leadership was a foreign term. Leadership was not even talked about Until Warren Bennis in the 1950s started writing about this topic. And when he started writing about this topic of leadership, it was a back road conversation that had zero traffic. Now, over the last 50 years, look at where we're at. Is there a reason possibly why? So here's a thought. As I sat there and started pondering this, in the secular world, Man is appointed to lead, but in Jesus' economy, man is anointed to serve. The world says leadership. There is only one leader, and he rose from the dead. There's no other leaders. The emphasis of the gospel is on fellowship, not. Leadership. The entire narrative, when you read it, is on followership. Jesus came into the region of Galilee, preaching and proclaiming the gospel, the good news, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus said, repent, which means turn from whatever you're plugging into to try to find identity and worth and love. Repent from that, turn, and believe which means to be persuaded to action. Plug into me the gospel. That's what he said. Follow me. So when you start to unpackage this, it implies I'm called to follow Jesus. He's the great leader. As I follow Jesus and develop strong healthy, spiritual disciplines, I then learn how to lead myself that then puts me in a position to serve others. If I'm not following and I can't lead myself, I can't lead my family, I can't lead anybody else. So Jesus comes on the scene and he says, follow me. You can read this entire book Show me where Jesus told the disciples. Go lead others. Jesus says, Hey, Peter, James, Andrew, John, y'all come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, I will make you leaders. He goes, I'll make you fishers of men. Okay, so here's the interesting thought. Jesus said, Go make disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples, which implies. As I'm working in you and doing a, a transforming work, I want to work through you so that you go out and point other people to me. Why? Why do we want to elevate personalities? Why do we want to stroke the egos of certain personas? You can't do that. Tim, do you view yourself as a leader? I view myself as a strong follower of Jesus, who has developed over 34 years spiritual disciplines that I lead myself, that allows me to serve others, that I can point others to Jesus so that they will follow Jesus because the line in following Jesus is one deep because Jesus never said, Tim, get Nick and Rick to follow you and then get more to follow them. He goes, Nick, you follow me. Rick, you follow me. Dan, you follow me. Tim, you follow me. The line in following Jesus is one deep. It's one deep. Come follow me. Now go serve. So what is the right why? Listen to this. First Thessalonians chapter two, verse four. Our purpose is to please God and not people. He God alone examines the motives of of the heart he alone examines the motives of your heart and my heart what's the why to please god to honor god to worship god to surrender to the goodness of god 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5 jesus will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and he will expose the motives Of the heart. He will examine, he will expose. Examine means to discover the truth. God, examine my heart. Discover the truth. Show me the truth about what's in my heart. Why do kids take exams or examinations? We want to see what's going on. We spent five hours this past Tuesday with Hannah and with Caleb. At the CF clinic, because of their diagnosis with cystic fibrosis, genetic mutation, the 551D gene inside of them doesn't fire right. So we're going through this stuff. And you know what they do? They spend a lot of time examining. Nutritional person comes in, dietary person comes in, a nurse comes in, a doctor comes in, pulmonologist comes in. And every one of these things is they're examining to see what's going on with the body. At 8.30, they take blood. They drink this sugar water stuff. At 10.30, they have to go in and have more blood. We're testing and examining to see if they're diabetic because certain CF patients lean toward diabetes. Praise God they don't have diabetes. But they were examining their bodies to try to discover what's the truth. What's the truth? And then he says he will expose which means he will strip away anything that protects and guards us. It's got to be brought to the light. That's the reason he says if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we can have fellowship with one another. We've got to be stripped down and we've got to be exposed. Hey, man, I was exposed. Yeah, we we were exposed. Because God cares about our why. And I am convinced as I read the scripture, over the last 34 plus years, as I study God's word, God, you care about my why, and you really do want to bless me as I seek you. So you've got to stop and go, what what is my why? So we examine that as a church. Don't miss this. What is the why of the cross Loganville? You've been here now for nine years as you guys have prayed through it, as you guys have really sought the Lord. What's your why? Our why is to glorify God by elevating Jesus Christ. That's your why. Our why is to encourage and edify the body. Our why is to evangelize the lost. Our why is to make disciples. That's your why. That's my why. So why week after week after week would you come in and open up the sacred scripture? Why, Tim? Because we want to glorify God. We want to encourage the body. We want to exhort the body. We want to evangelize those that are lost. We want to make disciples because Jesus told us as disciples, go point others to follow me. That's that's it. That's it. Week after week as I ponder Like even why? Why, Tim, is the proclamation of the word done the way it is from you and your your team? Because the why is we desire to see transformation, not just information and education take place. We want to see people's lives radically changed. We want to see people come to know Jesus in a personal way. What's your why? To see transformation. How long have you been doing it? Been doing it ever since God... Call me to preach the word. Our intent and heart is, well, why you do it that way? Motivation, not manipulation. We want to see you fully alive. We want to see you embrace Christ with all that you have. We want to see you flourish. We want to see you obedient and walking, full of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to try to manipulate you. There may be things that come across at times and you're like, that, that was manipulating. Please forgive me. Our heart I promise you it is motivation. I promise you it is because we know motive is the root and your intent and why is crucial. What else? We're here to serve, not to sell. We're here to serve, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4.1. Let a man regard us in this manner. We're servants of Christ and we're stewards of the mysteries of God. We're not here to try to sell you on something. We're here to serve you desiring that you will become a fully alive disciple of Jesus. What what are you trying to do? Well, we're here to inspire, not to impress. Howard Hendricks said that you can impress at a distance, but you inspire and impact up close. Is that what you're trying to do? Yes. Week after week, we want to see you fully alive. We want to see you totally yielded to Christ. We want to see you growing and flourishing. Why, Why, Tim? to glorify God and to make disciples, to see people fully alive 24-7 sharing their faith in their world. Stephen Covey said, declare your intent, express your agenda and motives, be true to your why. Declaring your motive is one of the core behaviors that builds trust. And when people say certain things at times, they may have an eloquent what. But when you go, why do you think that way? Why, why are you saying that? Until you can really own your why, you can't establish trust. And we're about trust equity. Why do you do what you do? Why do you work where you work? Why do you hang out with the people you do? Why do you give? Why do you serve? Why do you share? Why do you blank? Why? Why? And I can promise you, nine years ago, as I prayed through this, moving into a church, three targets I try to hit every week, Drew be biblical, be practical, be transferable. I want everything that we're talking about, hey, it's got to be biblical. It's got to be doable and practical for the person, but I want it to be transferable. You know as well as I do, Richard, when people drive into our parking lot, walk in and meet a greet or whatever, what are you trying to do? We want to be welcoming. We want to be caring. We want to be biblical. We want to be inspirational. We want to be believable. We want to be applicable. But when you come here, we want people to feel, hey, man, welcome home. Terry, we want people to feel, hey, man, welcome home, brother. Good to see you, Big T. How you doing? And when we sit there, Glenn, we just want people to feel, they love me here, Tracy. They love me. Peter, they love me here. These are my people. They're proud of me. They want to see me flourish. Their intent is. We have four core values. And these four core values, why are they there? To glorify God. To make disciples. Sunday worship, why? We we know that getting together with others and worshiping in spirit and in truth and not forsaking the assembly as some are in the habit of doing, that's healthy Doing life with other people and worshiping in song and in prayer together, that's healthy. We value small groups, and you'll hear us say, Man, true life is done in a circle, not in a row. And when you get with people and you get to share life with people, it gets, let me tell you this ministry is messy. Ministry's messy. It hurts at times. When you get in a small group and you start doing life with other people, you might get hurt. You might get betrayed. Somebody may rip you, but if I'm motivated by praise, I'll be deflated by criticism and I have to realize that my heart belongs to the Lord. Listen to me. Nick, it gets messy at times, but it's worth it. We see God doing a redeeming work in so many people's lives. You go into recovery, Brandy, it gets messy in there at times with stories. And some people snap and do all kinds of crazy things, and it's like, God's, God's in love with that person. We believe in sharing your story. That's one of our values, share your story. I've only been saved a year. It doesn't matter. You're called to be God's witness, not his lawyer. Just go testify what God's doing in your life. We value serving we value giving our lives away for the, the gospel, and we really do know that when we get out and start to serve other per- people and serve the least of these, it can have major impact. Tim, why do you do that? Because we know it promotes discipleship. It promotes community. It promotes growth. It promotes worship. It promotes healing. Why, why don't you do it that way? Or why is we want to see you flourishing fully alive? Here's my close. We judge ourselves based on our intentions, but we judge others based on their behavior. I don't know your heart. I don't know your why. God wants our whys to be laid bare before him. He wants whatever I do and however I do it To be for the glory of him. Hey, I want your heart right. Are you going to misspeak at times? Yeah. You going to say things and wish you had a mulligan? Yeah. Yeah. Are you really intentionally trying to muddy the waters? No, but sometimes I can't look at intent. I have to look at impact. And sometimes the intent may be okay, but the impact of how I said it, lack of tack, harshness, it came across wrong. And it's like, no, man, that's not what we want. Because we want to see you flourish. Now, I'm willing to extend grace to you. I need plenty of it myself. I need plenty of grace. Proverbs 21, Proverbs 22. The Lord examines the heart the lord is more pleased when we do what is right and what is just the lord is pleased when our why is for his glory a good name is more desired than riches favor is better than silver or gold a good name they They've got a good why, favor. Man, they trust their why. And every one of my kids, from the time Rachel was born, to Benji, to Jesse, to Hannah, and Caleb, we would put them to sleep at night. And whether we were listening to some VeggieTale thing or some Odyssey adventure or some Or whether we had moved on up to Terry Clark or Maranatha or Third Day or whatever. This was my prayer. Father, I pray for, and I would pray over my child. I pray for Rachel right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would cover her heart and her mind and her spirit as she goes to sleep tonight. And Father, my prayer for Rachel is that you would keep the enemy from her. And Father, and then I would pray Luke 2.52, which says, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with others. And I would pray, Lord, I pray that Rachel would grow in wisdom, that she would grow strong in stature, that she would really grow strong and have in favor with you and favor with other people. And when my kids come and say, that you're not going to believe the favor God's given me, because favor is more important than riches. Favor is more important than silver or gold. Why do I do what I do? Why do I say I believe what I believe? Why did you do that? Why did you bring about hurt? Did you really promote and preserve the unity of the Spirit, or did you bring about divisiveness? Why are you attacking that? We love you. I promise you as we pray for this church and as we pray for a revival, we want to see you flourish in your faith. We want to see you fully alive. I'm going to wrap it up here, Nick. But you can avoid a lot of chaos when you know your why and you share your why for the glory of God. When you know why you exist, when you know who you are, you like who you are, and you can really live out being who you are, you can really flourish. Here's my why. People may not agree with it, but at least they will respect, hey, I know, I know it's Why? and we want to see every person here fully alive in christ thank you so much for watching the message today we hope that this message inspired you and challenged you as you watched it encourage you to check out our website it's thecrossloganville.org there's a lot of information about our church there uh, that maybe can help you answer some questions about who we are and don't forget that on our website we have old messages, and archived series, so you can spend a lot of time there learning and exploring. If you have any questions, you can contact us via the web, or you could call us at the church at 770-554-3322. Thanks again for watching.